Good morning. This is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com. Before we start our podcast today, let me ask you a question. Is God looking for you? See, God is always looking for a man or woman with plans and purposes to make a difference in this world for Christ. If we go back to the very first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You see, God's earth began as a small garden of beauty with the purpose of spreading that beauty throughout the whole earth. God had many plans for his beautiful creation, and he needed someone to govern over his awesome creation. So then God molded a man out of the dust of the earth and breathed his life into him, and his creation of man became a living soul. His name, his name was Adam. Then shortly after that, God caused a deep sleep to come upon the man, and God removed a a rib from him, and out came this beautiful woman, whom was named Eve. And together, Adam and Eve were to govern God's beautiful creation as they populated the earth. God's desire was to make the earth so desirable for mankind to live in while communing and loving and serving their God. Sadly, for all humanity, Adam and Eve chose to sin against God, believing the lies that Satan, disguised as a serpent, that they could rule the earth without God, that they could become like God, they could have the same knowledge and wisdom as God, but instead they no longer were able to become the man and woman whom God intended them to be. Adam and Eve was forced out of that beautiful garden and in despair did not fulfill God's plans and purposes for this life, for their life, and for this earth. Now, while Adam and Eve did populate the earth, God's beautiful creation began to become more wicked and more wicked to where 1656 years later only one man was righteous in the eyes of God. His name was Noah and as such God chose to spare his life along with Noah's wife and family but he destroyed the earth and everyone in it with the flood and all of the rest of humanity who lived upon the earth. Throughout time and history, God has always looked for a man to have fellowship with. Now when I say man, woman or man, don't, let's, let's just leave it biblical. God is referring to whomever a person to have fellowship with, even though they're called man or mankind, to love and communion with, and for him to serve God with a plan and purpose to change mankind's heart and for the world to be what God intended it to be from the very beginning.
Man, however, needs to choose God for God to do that work in his heart to make those changes in the world. I would like to now show you some biblical people who did say yes to God. And then we will go into history, even our most recent history, to see what God has been doing in the lives of other people, those who said yes to God. But let's start out with Abraham. Abraham was simply an ordinary man whom God knew would answer the call to serve him. You see, God is our creator. He created us in his mind long before the foundation of the world. He placed us in our mother's womb. He knows uh, how long we'll be here on earth. He knows whether we're going to say yes to Jesus or if we are going to turn against him. God knows because he looks down the corridors of our life. He knows exactly what's going to happen. So he looks for someone who will answer that call to serve him. So God did call Abraham out of his country, away from the pagan gods that influences these ungodly influences of his family around him and his friends. And he took his wife and he took his father and his nephew Lot, who nephew's Lot had died. And so Abraham's father was raising him. So um, Lot was like a brother to him. And he pulled them out of Ur of the Chaldeans. Abraham became a work in progress over many years as God slowly began to use him to eventually change the world through him. Was Abraham anyone special? Not in the eyes of man, but in the eyes of God, because God is looking for a man who would say yes to his call so that the world could be changed through him. Abraham didn't have anything special working for him except his faith in God. You see, God looks at the heart of man, not the outside influences that men always look for in others. But eventually, the heart for God worked through Abraham to, um, so that he brought on a whole new breed or nation of people who would follow after God. And then let's talk about Moses. Moses was born of humble beginnings to Israelite parents who were enslaved in Egypt. And to spare his life, Moses' mother placed him in a basket and floated him down the river that was uh, leading to the palace where the Pharaoh lived with hopes that someone of royal means would discover her little baby and take him in. The daughter of the Pharaoh found him, and Moses was raised as a prince. As an adult, Moses killed an Egyptian who was beating up one of his Israelite kin, and for fear of being found out and fear of the Pharaoh, 
Moses fled across the desert and ended up hiding in the mountains with the Moabite people for the next 40 years. His life became simple and humble as he was a shepherd who watched over his flock. Then God called him and he responded to that call. Oh yes, Moses was reluctant at first, but God knew, God knew his heart that he would eventually say yes to that call. God had called Moses because God knew that Moses would say yes to him. And when he did, Moses then returned to Egypt to face Pharaoh as he faced odds that only God could deliver him and his people out of. Moses became a powerful leader for God to where God worked through him to free his people from slavery. God covenanted with Moses to begin a whole dispensation of people, a whole new kind of people under the Mosaic law. And then Moses led his people to the edge of their promised land. Moses had a deep relationship with the Lord, and the Lord used him mightily to bring a nation of Israelites back into relationship with their God. And because Moses said yes to God, God was able to work through him to change a nation of people. And that brings us to David. Young David again was born into simple means, like so many we've been talking about, becoming a shepherd boy over the flocks of his family. David, however, used to play the harp to God in worship as he sat alone in the mountains watching over his father's sheep. And because David loved the Lord and God had this foreknowledge that David would say yes to his calling, God anointed young David to be king over Israel. Oh yes, that anointing happened many years before it became an actuality. But God anointed him through the prophet Samuel. David started out with simple beginnings, and eventually David became king over Israel. We know that David did sin while he was king. He definitely did sin. He was a man, but he sinned. But David also repented before God. And he drew back to his loving, close relationship with the Lord. You see, David always had a heart for God. And as such, the forthcoming Messiah, the seed came out of his seed. Hmm. That brings us to Mary. Mary was a young Jewish gal of simple means who was engaged to Joseph the carpenter when God through the angel Gabriel came to her with a call from God to be the mother of this Messiah, saying that she was highly favored by God. Her response was, may it be to me as you have said. In other words, Mary was saying yes to God. 
Facing many odds, along with disgrace, Mary yielded herself to God for God to do a work within her. And as such, the Son of God came in the form of a babe to eventually die for the sins of mankind. And because Mary yielded to God for God to do a work within her, God used her mightily to bring forth the Messiah, Jesus, the Savior of the world. Let's continue on to talk about Peter. Peter was born to a simple fisherman in Galilee, and if he did not answer the call of God, he would have remained a fisherman all his life. Jesus, however, called out to him, telling him that he would become fishers of men. And because Peter loved God and was seeking, looking for this coming Messiah, he yielded to his voice by responding yes to Jesus. He, along with his brother Andrew, immediately left their father and his boat and their life as fishermen to follow after Jesus. Peter was mightily used by Jesus after his resurrection to start the church on the day of Pentecost. And because of him, thousands upon thousands of Jews and eventually Gentiles came to accept Jesus as their Messiah. Because it takes a yielded, a yielded and willing heart to say yes for God to do a work within that person to accomplish God's plans upon the earth through even one man. Let's talk about Saul, Saul of Tarsus. He was a young man. He was born of means, and he loved God, but he was reared under strict laws of the Pharisees, who he himself became a Pharisee. He refused to believe that Jesus was the Messiah of the world, and he was determined to, come, to hunt down and imprison and even kill those who would follow him, even after his resurrection from the dead. Jesus, however, got a hold of him, and he was transformed into a strong believer and follower of Jesus Christ. And that transforming experience brought Saul renamed Paul the Apostle Paul to yield his life over to the Lord in full surrender. The Apostle Paul changed the Gentile world more than any other person alive other than Christ. He witnessed and brought thousands upon thousands of people to the Lord, which then brought generations of people through his writings to the Lord. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit to write 13 books of the New Testament, which has become the words of the Lord to believers for the past 2,000 years. The Apostle Paul's life was not an easy life, but it was a fulfilled one in Christ because he said yes to Jesus when God called him to make a difference in this world for Christ. Over the past 2,000 years, throughout every generation, God continually looks for man or a woman 
to answer the call of God upon their life. He looks for a yielded heart to say yes to Jesus, to make a difference in the world for Christ. He looks for a heart that is willing to change, to become the person that God has called them to be. Now, if we look simply over the last 100 or so years, we can get a bird's eye view of just a few who said yes to Jesus and who affected the lives around them for the gospel for Christ. Let me introduce you to a man named William Seymour. William Seymour was born the son of slavery. He was blind in one eye, and he was a black young, black young man who hungered after the things of God. He was refused entrance into a Bible school because he was black, and he had to sit in the window or the doorway of the classroom in order to hear the teachings that only white Bible school students could uh, participate uh, in. But in this Bible school, he heard about the, um, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the speaking in tongues. And God knew William Seymour's heart, and so he put a call of God on his life and William Seymour answered that call and said yes to Jesus. And William Seymour, he traveled to Los Angeles to witness the gospel. But he kept, re kept receiving the left foot of fellowship from church to church. But then he was at the home of a praying man and William Seymour became baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and began prayer groups in that little house on Bonnie Bray Street to where even so many people came where the porch caved in. And within a short time, he began a movement in a little rundown shack on Azusa Street in Los Angeles that has swept the world for Christ. Pentecost had returned to the church, and millions of believers have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, all because one man said yes to Jesus, to follow after the call upon his life to make a change in this world for the sake of the gospel. Now let me introduce you to Amy Simple McPherson. She was a flamboyant and outspoken woman in a man's world, but she had a heart for God and said yes to his call upon her life. She was raised by a mother who was active in the Salvation Army, and Amy became the wife of a missionary to China, where shortly after that, I believe within two months, her husband died. She came back to the United States married, but was later divorced. She now had three strikes against her. Regardless, she just kept following the leading of the Holy Spirit and she changed the lives of thousands upon thousands of people for the gospel of Christ. She traveled around in what she called her gospel car. She stood on the running board and she preached a Pentecostal message as a witness for Christ. People flooded 
to hear her message. In 1918, she built a huge megachurch known as Angelus Temple, and there she preached in Los Angeles the Pentecostal message in a theatrical style, entertaining people while leading them to the Lord. In time, Amy was responsible for beginning the Four Square Church, a branch of Pentecostalism, interdenominationalism, in which Jack Hayford is now head over. Amy opened up soup kitchens, feeding an estimated 1.5 million people during the Depression days. In addition, she opened up free clinics and other charitable activities, and she was very involved with the police department to help whomever she could. As a woman, Amy Simple McPherson did more for the gospel of Christ than any woman in her lifetime. God then took her simple beginnings as a missionary's wife to pastor over this large, huge megachurch affecting thousands upon thousands of people for Christ, all because she said yes to Jesus and was willing to be used by God in whatever and wherever he led her. And that brings us to Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman came to Christ at the age of 14, followed by beginning to preach just a few years later. She had said yes to Jesus early on in her life. She was married but soon divorced, but that didn't stop her from preaching the gospel. She traveled extensively around the United States and abroad, holding healing crusades between the years of 1940 and 1970. An estimated two million people reported that they were healed in her meetings over the years. Catherine Kuhlman was one of the most well-known healing ministries in the world, often being compared to whom we just learned about, Amy Simple McPherson, a generation earlier. And that brings us to Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts began his life in poverty and nearly died of tuberculosis at the age of 17. God, however, healed him and he committed his life to the Lord at that time. He briefly pastored a small church, but God was calling him in a different direction. Oral Roberts, he became a traveling evangelistic preacher and conducted faith healing services across the United States and then across the world. His yielding to the Lord affected millions of lives for the Lord, including mine. Throughout the years, he conducted more than 300 crusades on six continents and personally laid hands on more than two million people. I'd like to give you my story. In 1986, for my 25th wedding anniversary, my husband and I attended a leadership conference on the Holy Spirit down in New Orleans at the Superdome. It was there where Oral Roberts was a guest speaker and he spoke into my life. You see, I had been fighting God for 10 years as he had called me and he was asking me to say yes 
to enter into the ministry. I just didn't think that I was worthy being, you know, I was just a housewife and a mother and I had a small business in my home. But all I knew is that I loved the Lord and I loved to teach the Word of God to anyone and to everyone that I would talk to. Sometimes I would be teaching up to five Bible studies a week, whether it was in churches or homes or various different Christian groups. And as God would gently keep calling me, I kept dismissing it as wishful thinking, but it just kept coming back to me over and over throughout the years. Finally, in 1986, at this leadership conference, in New Orleans, an altar call was given by Oral Roberts for those to come to come forth who have the call of God on their life and had not answered it to come forth. And without realizing it, I had jumped out of my seat and I was sitting way, way, way up in the balcony. And there I ran down all those stairs of the Superdome and I joined hundreds of people standing in front of Oral Roberts by saying yes to Jesus, yielding myself to his calling upon my life. Two days later, upon arriving back home, I joined a Bible school to begin my educational journey. And then for the next 16 years, I devoted myself to receiving the best education that I could get as God was leading me where to go. So for the first eight years, I went to two Bible schools receiving diplomas in ministry, followed by four years of college receiving my undergraduate degree in theology. During those years, I also worked at the Bible school at my church teaching and then I became the registrar of the school. Then the last four years of my education, I worked toward and received my graduate degree in education as well as Christian college administration, as I had now during those these last years had developed a small Christian college as part of my job at the church where I attended, and upon its conception, I became its president and Bible professor, and there I remained until I retired. In 1963, Oral Roberts founded Oral Roberts University, more commonly known as ORU, of which I had the privilege of attending for four years when I received my master's degree. I feel I'm very blessed. Let's talk about Billy Graham. Billy Graham was born in 1918 in a farmhouse in North Carolina. He was raised in a Christian home, saying yes to Jesus early on in his life. Billy went off to Bible college and received his formal education for ministry. And God blessed him with the ability to preach to thousands upon thousands of people worldwide. He conducted hundreds of crusades over the years, leading millions of people to the Lord in a simple message of salvation as the organ played, Just As I Am. 
and people flooded out of their seats to come forward to receive Christ in their heart. Billy Graham had multiple roles in civil rights activities, politics, pastoring presidents of the United States, and even influencing the Queen of England. He authored many books and through his writings also led many people to the Lord. Because Billy Graham said yes to the Lord, God was able to use him mightily for the kingdom of God. He led more people to the Lord than anyone else in history since the time of the Apostle Paul. God is continuously looking for a man or woman to say yes to the call of God on their life. You see, all Christians are called by God, meaning you have been called. God is calling you. What is God calling you to be and to do? It may or may not be in the ministry, but God is calling you to be the best person that he created you to be. I know from personal experience that by saying yes, God will take you to heights and places like you have never experienced before in your life. Those dreams will become a reality as you continually yield yourself over to God. In your heart, you already have a dream and it never leaves, you know that. It gently comes back to you at certain promptings and you may have thought it was wishful thinking, but it probably is God saying to you, will you say yes to me? All he's looking for is a yielded heart and God will then lead you each step of the way. And you see, the more that you yield to God, the more God will lead you. The more he leads you, the more you will fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. And the more you fulfill God's plans and purposes for your life, the more others' lives will be changed as God keeps using you. Your life will take on meaning and you will be filled with one blessing after another. I've been a Christian for 68 years, and I have fulfilled my deepest desires and dreams in the Lord. Even in my retirement, God continuously leads me in ways that I never thought possible. I have learned over the course of my life that God wants his people to live a lifestyle of continuously yielding to him to say yes, yes to him in full in total surrender. A few months ago, I had read a book on yielding to the Lord and I found myself without realizing it that God still had more for me. Even in what where I was at that point, 80 years of life, I had no idea. At 80, you think you would be at the end, but no, no, I'm 81 and still moving on. And I had no idea what that could be. 
But what I did is I found myself over the next two months crying out to the Lord for change. I was also praying on a consistent basis that God would put me in the path with more people to witness to for Christ and more new believers to disciple. And I found myself voicing my frustration out to others because my surroundings, I lived among Christians, and my surroundings were all mature Christians both in and outside of the church. And I needed a platform for young believers to disciple. I just did not correlate all my prayers together. Then something happened. Comfort, excuse me, even in ministry, really is a recipe for change because God does not want us to be too comfortable because comfort never wants to change. Without any forewarning, God chose to move me out and point me in a different direction. God began stripping me of things that were part of my comfort zone, but he was replacing it with far better blessings. The very things that I was frustrated about were now opening to me as I am ministering out now to new believers who hunger after God but simply need direction. I have had the privilege of praying with more people to come to the Lord than I have in the past several years. God was answering the cry of my heart in a way that I never could have imagined. So then I say, what about you? It doesn't matter how old you are. I'm 81 years old. God still has a plan and purpose for your life. And until we take our very last breath, God wants to use you. He wants to use me for his glory. All he's asking is that we yield ourselves over to him by saying yes to whatever he has planned for us. God is calling you right now. Will you say yes to his plans for his very best in your life? If you truly mean it when you say yes, God will begin to guide you each step of the way and start to use you mightily in ways that you could not have dreamt possible. Right now, I encourage you, in fact, I challenge you to go to God and to yield yourself by saying yes to Jesus for him to do what he wants to for your life. Would you pray this prayer with me? God, I yield my life over to you right now, asking you to change me. Change my desires to be in line with your desires. Take away that which hinders me from fulfilling your plans for me right now. I give myself over to you. I say, yes, Lord, yes. In Jesus' name, amen. If you earnestly and honestly said that prayer, I say congratulations. But I say continue, continue to pray this prayer, and God will bring about those changes and lead you on paths that only He could take you on.
So there we have it for today. So until our next podcast, I say God bless you. And this is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com. And we will talk in our next podcast. Bye-bye now.